Are you going through a trial right now? If you are, welcome to the club. Life is full of trials, but the book of James gives us a formula of how to see trials in a different way. Actually, he says, we can consider them all joy because they produce something. They produce endurance and a maturing faith. If you're going through a trial right now, or even if you're not, this is critical information about how to navigate those times. And it's today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. You guys have all seen those silly cable commercials where somebody sits in gum or walks into a window or has soda spilling all over them. <laughs> Is that what James is saying? That I'm supposed to look at my trials with some silly plastic laughter smile? I don't think so. I don't think that's what James is saying at all. But I'm saying that James is saying that when you consider your trials, you need to do some recalculation based upon this, that you know God. You know the Messiah. You know how God has a way of taking even a cross and using it for his greatest victory. And so you need to reconsider how you handle trials. You need to recalculate them as an asset instead of a deficit. Now, who in the world would ever have that mindset? to see a trial as an asset instead of a deficit, to do a recalculation when I go through a test. Do you know that God does test your faith? Genesis 22.1 says that God tested Abraham. Peter says that some tests are necessary to make your faith more precious than gold in the fire, refined in the fire. And James says, look, I want you to do, I already know how you feel. And James experienced some of this, I'm sure, himself. So he said, I want you to consider these trials differently, my brethren. By the way, my brethren is used 14 times in the book of James. And he said, I want you to consider all joy when you encounter various trials. If you have a King James, it says diverse temptations. The Greek word is peresmos. It could mean an internal problem like uh, a temptation to sin. But here, James is talking more about an external issue. Loss of job. Finances are not doing well. You're sick and you don't know how things are going to go. Relationships are strained and you're wondering what's going to happen. These are the kinds of things that James is saying. And he's saying, look, when you go through these diverse temptations, just like Luke, uh, uh, excuse me, Philippians 2, 5 says, it says, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Have this attitude in you. That's what James is talking about. He's saying, look, I'm, I'm preaching about attitude adjustment here. He doesn't say, if you encounter various trials, verse two, he says, would you note it? when you encounter various trials. 
It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when, when it comes to trials. And it's a matter of how many times a day. <laughs> amen? Life is just that way. Nobody wanted to say amen on that point. You're like, you're like. But it's true. We go through these trials. Lloyd Ogilvy, who uh, served as a uh, chaplain in the White House for a while, has an incredible perspective on this. And, I, and I've read this before, but I think it's so worth reading. Several years ago, the Presbyterian pastor, Lloyd John Ogilvy, underwent the worst year of his life. His wife had undergone five major surgeries plus radiation and chemotherapy. Several of his staff members had departed. Large problems loomed and discouragement assaulted his feelings. But he wrote, the greatest discovery that I've made in the midst of all difficulties is that I can have joy when I can't feel like it. I can have an artisan joy. When I had every reason to feel beaten, I felt joy. In spite of everything, God gave me the conviction of being loved and the certainty that nothing can separate me from him. It was not happiness, gush, or jolliness, but a constant flow of the Spirit through me. At no time did he give me the easy confidence that everything would work out as I wanted it in my own timetable, but that he was in charge and would give me and my family enough courage for each day. He would give me grace. Joy is always the result of that. Joy is always the result of saying, I know my Redeemer lives. And if this is the worst that's going to happen to me this side of heaven, I can even count it all joy because I know he's going to take me deeper in the trial. He's going to make me more like him. And so we need to recalculate when we find ourselves in various trials. Joy is not necessarily a happy skipping around when I'm facing a trial, but joy is a deep-seated reality that I know that Jesus lives in me, that I know that there's going to be spiritual value even though what I'm going through is uncomfortable. I use the analogy of exercise. There are many times when I do not want to exercise. My flesh is saying, don't do it, Michael. Just have some frozen yogurt, sit on your chair, and kick back. And it sounds so good. Push-ups or a Pop-Tart. Which would you choose? Right? It's either a simple push of the toaster down or it's down, up, down, up. One is fun. I just got to wait like a minute for that Pop-Tart. Oh. <laughs> the push-up is all effort. Grunting. Creaking. <laughs> right? But here's what I know. I know the outcome of the push-up is greater strength in the body. Triceps, chest, shoulders, back. And an added, ben added benefit of being able to show your guns when, <laughs> right? 
Okay. Not very spiritual. Now, the Pop-Tart will also produce, quote unquote, fruit in your life. Probably not in your guns. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm not saying that from time to time you can't have your Pop-Tart. I'm just saying that in the end, we know which one produces better for us. One is a harder option for the moment that produces fruit. One is an easier option for the moment that doesn't produce much at all. And this is the way your spiritual life is. Trials produce. And when you're going through a trial, you have to try in your trial to think about the result instead of the immediate uncomfortableness. Like the push-up, like riding your bike, like exercise. How good do you feel after you've done 45 minutes of exercise? Even if it was hard to get there, the outcome is you have those, uh, what do they call those, endorphins flowing? And you're like, I feel good, yeah! Right? Then you eat the Pop-Tart and you don't feel as bad. Because you're like, I... Now, here's the sad thing. While I have a moment to talk about this. You're on the treadmill for 45 minutes and it says you burned 175 calories. You're like, <laughs> and then you eat the Pop-Tart and it was 185 calories! It took me 45 minutes on the bike and 22 seconds to eat the Pop-Tart. Somehow, this is wrong. What is joy? Joy is an inner confidence. It's a calm delight. It's a deep-seated trust that God is going to work in this situation and he's going to work his good purpose out. The word means to make a deliberate, careful, count it all joy, decision to experience joy because we know that God works all, how many? All things together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And the next verse says that he is conforming us into the image of his son. You guys have heard the stories of the silversmith, the silversmith scraping the dross off the vessel and he knows he's done when he can see his own reflection in it. So when I'm going through a trial, if, if I can do this, and I'm not saying I'm always good at it, if I can step back and say, okay, Lord, I know you're going to do something through this. As a believer, I know God's going to do something through my various trials. The word trials literally means a putting to the proof. It means a, a test that's going to produce something. And so here's what we can know. Verse 3. We can count it all joy when we encounter various trials, when we fall into them, because we can know, we don't have to guess, we can know, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? It produces perseverance or endurance. The word for uh, testing there is doki mion. It is used for the testing of metals, uh, it is used in the, with the idea of a purifying test and it produces perseverance. I'm put to the proof so I can persevere. The word for perseverance is hupomone. It means to hang in there with hope. 
Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. So when I'm going through a trial, if, if I can do this, and I'm not saying I'm always good at it, if I can step back and say, okay, Lord, I know you're going to do something through this. As a believer, I know God's going to do something through my various trials. The word trials literally means a putting to the proof. It means a, a test that's going to produce something. And so here's what we can know. Verse 3. We can count it all joy when we encounter various trials, when we fall into them, because we can know, we don't have to guess, we can know, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? It produces perseverance or endurance. The word for uh, testing there is doki mion. It is used for the testing of metals, uh, it is used in the, with the idea of a purifying test and it produces perseverance. I'm put to the proof so I can persevere. The word for perseverance is hupomone. It means to hang in there with hope. Simply put, hupomone. Perseverance means to hang in there with hope. I'm gonna make it to the finish line and I know who's waiting for me there. J.H. Ropes says, perseverance is staying power. The New English Bible translates it as fortitude. And R. Kent Hughes says, the testing of your faith produces spiritual toughness. Have you met some tough spiritual people before? You know, people who have been through quite a number of trials and you look at them and you're like, brother, what is the Lord doing in your life? And they're like, I don't always know. But one thing I know, God has seen me through. And they have a spiritual toughness about them. And it's because they've seen God's faithfulness. God wants, you, wants to make you into a spiritual iron man, right? And have you ever seen those iron man competitions? How many of you remember years ago, there was a dad and a son. The, the son was uh, handicapped, and um, I don't think he could speak, but through a computer, and he couldn't really move around. But his dad literally pulled him behind him in an Ironman competition. The dad would run the marathon, pulling his son. He would do the bike with his son, and he would swim with his son behind him in a little boat. And the son must have been in his late 20s and the dad was probably in his 50s and the dad was a stud. And he just, whew, and he's pulling his son. 
And they interviewed the son and he could speak through the computer. And he said, when my dad is running, I feel like I'm running too. And it's this glorious relationship between a father and son. And listen, this is so important. When I'm talking about becoming a spiritual iron man or iron woman, I'm not talking about your strength. There have been many times when all I could do is say, God, you're going to have to pull me on this one. I wish there were times when I could say, man, I, I feel like I was pretty strong through that. But Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. This is the upside down kingdom, folks. God does not work the way the world works. The world wants to show you its muscles. God wants you to grow so deep in your faith that you endure and that your endurance actually has an effect on others so that you can start pulling some people through the finish line. That you can start comforting others with the comfort with which you've been comforted by God. God has a plan to redeem the trial so that you can be a testimony because without tests, you don't have a testimony. But when you have a test, you end up with a testimony and the testimony is about God's faithfulness telling somebody else, you can pass the test too. Even if you failed. Even if you've made a mistake. Even if you've had to take the same test over and over and over again. How many of you failed your first driving test? Come on. Anybody? All right. We'll pray for you. Uh, anyway, no, we'll pray for the other drivers around you. Never mind. All right. Hey, that's a bummer, right? You make one mistake. Isn't it scary? You're 16. Your parents can't be with you. They have to leave you. And that guy comes up with that clipboard, right? All right, what's your name? All right, get in the car, test your blinker, test that, but put your seatbelt on, show me the hand signs. You're like, <laughs> right? And then you hit a curb. Or two minutes later, they come back with your child and they say, their eyes are big and they're like, you won't believe what happened out there. <laughs> right? This child of yours Almost killed me out on the highway. <laughs> and you're like, hey, you signed up to be a driving instructor, not me. Anyway. Now, not only this, but we also rejoice in our tribulations. Romans 5.3, because we know that tribulations bring about perseverance. Now, a lot of us would like to spare people from trials. One day, a small boy saw a butterfly struggling to emerge from its cocoon it was straining with all its might to get out of the opening, which was too small. Thinking he was helping the butterfly, a small boy took his knife, slit the cocoon. But to his dismay, the butterfly emerged with small shriveled wings and was able, unable to fly. Within a short time, it was dead. When the boy asked his father about it. His father explained that the butterfly needed the struggle to get out of the cocoon for this was the very process that developed its wings and made it strong enough for flight. And trying to help by relieving the butterfly of its painful struggle. He had actually deprived it of that which was necessary for its development and its very life. 
The same principle carries over into all human life. The struggles, and especially our spiritual life, and the trials we face actually serve for our development, not only in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual realm. All discipline for a moment seems not to be joyful for the moment, but sorrowful, yet those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. That's Hebrews 12, 11. And so when you're in a trial, and some of you may be in one tonight, it's the time to say, I believe that you are Lord of the trial. I believe that you are Lord of my storm. And I'm gonna recalculate my bummer attitude into saying, Lord, would you give me your joy? Would you give me the joy of the Lord? Let it be my strength instead of my sorrow. Would you give me joy? Because I can be joyful when it's easy to be joyful. But have you met someone who can be joyful in all circumstances? What kind of impact do they have on you? Have you met someone who is a positive person and a joyful person? No matter if there's a bunch of grumblers around the table, there's one person who's saying, you know what, I choose to be joyful. I choose to see the good in you. I choose to see the good that God can do through this trial. You see, it's a choice. You have to consider it all joy. I'm not saying it's an easy choice. But James is saying to his brethren, and we're only going to go up to verse 4, that if you make the choice, if you know that the testing of your faith will produce endurance, then you can let verse 4, endurance, have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete. What's your Bible say? Lacking in nothing. The full effect in verse 4, the perfect result, is that you may be perfect. The, the word could be complete, lacking in nothing. Now, I look at my spiritual DNA sometimes and I say, man, I lack in a lot of areas. How many of you have ever done a spiritual test, maybe at the end of the week, and said, boy, I lack this, I lack that. I should have prayed more. I should have read my Bible more. I should have witnessed to more people. I should have had more worship on. Should have, would have, could have, should have, could have, would have, would have, should have. And well, what makes the difference? Why, why does someone do well on the test and someone else fail miserably? Well, it's really a couple of things. It's about preparation and mindset. And the full effect in verse 4 could be eschatological. What do you mean, Pastor Michael? I mean that the final result of perfection is not this side of heaven. I want to take you to one more passage as we're wrapping up. It's in 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. It will make you, the trials will make you deeper more well-rounded. Um, 2 Corinthians 4. Here's what Paul says in verse 16. He says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though our outer man is decaying, 2 Corinthians 4.16, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. I measure so much by my outer man, God's worried about my inner man. And my inner man's being renewed how often? 
day by day. For momentary light affliction, and Paul certainly experienced much of it, is what? It's producing an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Bible students, this is why this probably, at least in, in part, has to do with the, the, the new life to come, if you will. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are what? They're temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And so later on in chapter 7, same book, 2 Corinthians 7, he says, verse 4, great is my confidence in you. And by the way, the Corinthian church was a trial to Paul. And he says, great is my confidence, 2 Corinthians 7, 4, in you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am overflowing with joy in all, what? Our affliction. How is it possible to live a life that way? It's possible when the mindset that you have is on Jesus. All this gives us potential to go deeper, to reach more people, to have a strong testimony, and to be more usable. Did you ever notice, asked an old lady as she smiled into the troubled face before her, that when the Lord told the discouraged fishermen to cast their nets again, it was right in the same old place where they had been working all night and had caught nothing. If we could only go off to some new place every time we get discouraged, trying again would be an easier thing. If we could be somebody else or go somewhere else or do something else, it might not be hard to have fresh faith and courage, but it is the same old net in the same old pond for most of us. The old temptations are to be overcome. The old faults are to be conquered. The old trials and discouragements which we failed yesterday must be faced again. We must win success where we are, if we are to win at all. Is the master himself who says, after all the toilsome hard work, the disheartening efforts that we call failures, he bids us try again. Try again, but this time, bring me into it. Cast your net on that side of the boat, but this time, keep your eye on me. And your trials will turn into victories. Hey, listening family. If you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, putting on the full armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.